HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. HRN has a brand new look, but we're sharing the same delicious stories. Invest in the future of food radio by becoming a monthly sustaining member at heritageradio.org donate. It's time for lunch. Welcome to Time for Lunch. This is a place to learn about eating, cooking, enjoying, and sometimes playing with your food. Each episode, we cover a new subject. I'm Hannah Forden. And I'm Harry Rosenblum. Tune in for food, fun, and flavor. We have a special guest here for lunch today, and it's up to you to guess who they are and what the theme of today's episode is. Are you ready? What shape are you? Hmm, that's hard to explain. I'm kind of amorphous. I'm often like a pile of mixed up material. Hmm, and are you grown or made? I'm made of things that are usually grown. Okay, hmm. Er, this is a stumper. Mm, what's your job? This should help you figure it out. I support soil health and add nutrients and valuable materials back into the earth to help plants grow. Oh, and where can I find you? In gardens and on farms and often in the backyard. Aha! Your compost! Hannah, do you compost at your house? I sure do. I reuse old yogurt containers on my kitchen countertop. And at the end of every day, I bring out all my food scraps to the compost bin that me and my neighbors share. Um, you get to see some really cool bugs out there. How about you, Harry? Yeah, the bugs are pretty awesome. We have a compost bin and all the vegetable scraps and coffee and coffee filters from our kitchen go into a bucket. And just like you, we move it outside to the bin just about every day. And then we add in some dry material like dead leaves or grass and stir it all up every couple of weeks. We'll hear from my friend Jane a little later in the episode who will explain exactly what is going on in there that turns the scraps into compost. So cool. I like composting because it keeps a lot of material out of the trash and recycles it. When I started composting, I noticed that my kitchen trash can took a lot longer to fill up and I was throwing out a lot less. Not to mention it's great for the earth and honestly, it keeps your garbage can from getting stinky in the summertime. The less we put in the garbage and in landfills, the better for all of us. 
Absolutely. Compost is like a controlled process that happens naturally all around us. When a plant dies in the woods or a mushroom gets old and starts to decompose, all sorts of microorganisms jump in to take it apart back into the building blocks, minerals and nutrients and other components. Imagine if nothing ever decomposed. The earth would be covered in piles of dead trees and plants and animals. Oh, that's pretty yucky. I'm so glad that we have these tiny, hardworking microorganisms who help us return things to the soil so that we can grow more yummy fruits, vegetables, flowers, and trees. Thanks, microorganisms. What did the worm say to the compost? I don't know. What did the worm say to the compost? Nice to eat you! Now it's time for our question of the day. The answer to this question is somewhere in this episode, so listen carefully. How hot can a compost pile get? Keep an ear out for the answer. This is Harry Rosenblum, co-host of Time for Lunch, HRN's premier podcast for kids that's all about food. HRN and Time for Lunch run on listener support. We need you as much as you need us. If you enjoy Time for Lunch, the best way to show your support is to become a member of Heritage Radio Network. You can set up monthly recurring donations in any amount you like, 50 cents, a dollar, a dollar 75, five dollars, ten dollars, and you can choose this show in the designation drop-down menu at heritageradionetwork.org donate. I'm Jane Werner Senecal. We're at Earthcare Farm in Charlestown, Rhode Island. And we are a large-scale compost farm. We make compost in large mountains, and we also grow produce here. I went to see Jane to learn more about composting. Her father started the farm in the 1970s, and they have been turning all sorts of organic matter into compost for more than 40 years. Compost is basically the man-made process of decomposition, which is materials breaking down. So any materials that pretty much come from the earth leaves, wood chips, any food scraps, fish, straw bedding, that kind of thing, anything like that, we mix together and it breaks down into something that you can then spread on your garden. It's no longer those initial ingredients. We use it in our home garden and in our fields. We spread it on there. It just is an awesome boost for the soil. A lot of farmers use it, a lot of landscapers, homeowners. If you have a little garden, a little some pots in your backyard, that's how it's used. So because we're composting commercially, we can take in things like Harry saw today. We got in, you know, 30 tons of big giant fish coming in. You wouldn't want to do that at home. Our process is these large mountains and we can get the temperatures of the piles really hot because of the size of them and the way we're paying attention and turning them. We also have a home pile, which is also an amazing process. You wouldn't want to put in 30 tons of fish into your little home compost pile. That would be gross. (laughs) So you might just want to use what's in your yard, some leaves and some bedding if you have bunnies or hamsters or something. And then you could also put your kitchen scraps in there. It's a really cool way to see what's coming out of your kitchen, what you're eating, and uh, what's going into your garden. For composting at home, you can mix together all your kitchen scraps, and you need to make sure you put in enough brown material, meaning dried leaves or grass clippings. Then you need to turn it over every so often. You can put it in a big pile in your yard, or there are special bins for composting. At Earthcare Farm, they really do have a large mountain, and they use large earth movers to mix the compost every day. 
At home, you can use a shovel to mix yours. In our giant pile system out on, in the farm, it takes us about a year. And in my home garden, I actually find it's about the same. I don't pay as close attention to our home piles, but I would say it takes us about a year to go from our first kitchen scraps being dumped in there to the end that we can actually spread on our garden. Sometimes there are things that don't break down in the compost. Well, particularly in the giant system, I find some funny things like little army men, dog toys, tennis balls, things like that, that people raked up into their leaves by accident. You, you, know, you might find some shells if you had mussels one night for dinner. Great to add in there, but sometimes they don't break down all the way. If you had a steak or something, you'd find the bone at the end, things like that. Sometimes an avocado pit is just too hard to break down in your home pile. So we find things like that. I just love that you're just creating this whole universe of little microorganisms, these tiny little beings that are breaking things down. I love to like think about that and that there's that whole world there. And it makes me think about my place in the world and look up at the stars and see where do we fit in? Where do these universes go? So it's a, it's a cool thing to think about. That's my favorite thing about it. Thanks so much to Jane and Earthcare Farm for telling us more about compost. You can find out more at earthcarefarm.com. We have a new intern here at Time for Lunch. Everyone welcome Hannah. Yes, now we have two Hannahs. Two Hannahs are always better than one. The new Hannah has a story to share with us about making sure we sort our waste properly between trash, recycling, and compost. Hi, I'm Hannah, and I'm the Time for Lunch intern um, at my middle school in San Francisco. Each class uh, was assigned a month of being the school's compost monitor. Um, so every day after we would eat lunch, and we ate lunch a little bit before everyone else, we would stand by the sorting station at the trash cans and teach other students about which bins they should throw their trash, compost, and recycling into. Then at the end of the lunch period, we would take the compost to the compost bins at our school, and they would be then turned into soil. Hannah will be appearing here and there in future episodes as well. So listeners, remember that maybe you can be the compost monitor at your school or house. Composting can reduce the amount of trash sent to landfills by as much as 30%. All of those hardworking microorganisms develop a lot of heat, and a compost pile can get up to 170 degrees Fahrenheit. Whew, that's a little toasty. Most composters try to keep it around 150 degrees, but that's still pretty warm for a pile of dirt. Compost enriches the soil and helps retain moisture and suppresses plant diseases and pests. 
In an ideal environment, you can compost a batch of organic material in as little as four weeks. Worms can also be used for composting. They help by eating your scraps and pooping out excellent, rich compost. They're a great option for indoor composting if you don't have a yard. I love me some worms. Today's recipe is for compost tea. It's not tea for you and me to drink. Instead, this is for your houseplants and your garden. I love to make compost tea. I think it's a really cool process. When I find a really beautiful pocket of compost, which sounds funny, um, sometimes I'll find a, a little pocket of compost that has little white threads of fungi in it, like mushrooms, that I just know that's going to be a really high-quality little pocket. I'll take that and I'll mix it um, with some water, a little bit of kelp meal, and some humic acid. This is a kind of a funny thing. And I bubble it and brew it like a little witch in a fish tank air kind of filtered thing and in a bucket, five-gallon bucket. And in two days, it's this beautiful black, kind of smells like the ocean concoction. And then I put it in my backpack sprayer and I'll spray it on any crops that look like they could use a little boost, maybe some, my lawn or something looks a little yellow in the garden. It's amazing what that boost can do. You're just spreading this little microbial world onto your plants. Now it's the time in the episode where we talk a little bit about what made our last week bright and happy. Um, it's summer and my garden is looking so very gorgeous and my pea plants are getting to be taller than I am and I'm pretty big. So this week I got to harvest some delicious sweet peas that are super delicious to eat right off the vine or throw into a salad. I made a vinaigrette with some fermented hot sauce and garlic scapes, and it was really good on my peas. How about you, Harry? What's your bright spot? Well, it being summer, it is the time of year for one of my favorite snacks, and that is watermelon. In the heat of summer, there is nothing I like more than a cool slice or two of delicious watermelon. And hearing you mention hot sauce, for those of you that like things spicy, I love to sprinkle some spicy pepper on my watermelon. It's really good. At the beginning of the episode, we asked, How hot can a compost pile get? And the answer is... A compost pile can get up to 170 degrees Fahrenheit. Thanks for listening to Time for Lunch. We'll be back next week with more tasty stories. This show is written, produced, edited, and hosted by Harry Rosenblum and Hannah Forden, with engineering by Liam Warner. Hannah Cohen-Sidley is our intern. Music in this episode was composed by Breakmaster Cylinder, and our Fun Facts theme was created by our very own Liam Warner. Special thanks this week to Jane Merner Senecal, Earth Care Farm in Charlestown, Rhode Island, and a huge shout-out to listeners Michael from Farmington, New Mexico, and Lawand in Iraq for sending us a note. We hope you're both having a great lunch. Hi, Michael and Lawand. Time for Lunch is a production of Heritage Radio Network, the world's pioneer food radio station. Learn more at heritageradionetwork.org and check out our new logo and our new website. Time for Lunch is also a part of Kids Listen, the number one app for finding great podcasts for kids of all ages. You can learn more at kidslisten.org and you can download the app from iTunes or the Google Play Store. Time for Lunch is powered by Simplecast. 
And just a reminder to listeners that Time for Lunch is powered by a nonprofit organization, Heritage Radio Network. And right now we're asking for listener support to keep this and all of our 40 weekly food podcasts going. Um, And one really amazing way that you can support us is to become a monthly donor of Heritage Radio Network. You can select Time for Lunch as the show you are supporting and give as little as $1 will make a huge difference. So if you want to do that, we would super duper appreciate it. Go to heritageradionetwork.org slash donate. And if you designate Time for Lunch, we'll be sure to thank you on the show. And of course, we always love to hear from our listeners. Send us your recipes, poems, book or podcast recommendations or anything else you think we'd like. It's super easy to record yourself using the Voice Memo app on a phone. Ask a grown-up to help you email us at timeforlunchpodcast at gmail.com. Be sure to include your name, age, and your address so we can send you a little something in return. Time for Lunch is supported in part by public funds from the New York City Department of Cultural Affairs in partnership with City Council. Thanks for listening.